Good morning, everyone. It's Judith A. Cope. You're listening to Mad Love. Welcome to the show. Welcome to what I like to consider your daily devotional of sorts. I'm here for you uh, with my thoughts. <laughs> uh, anyway, um, I had a conversation with one of my friends yesterday. She is really, really one of these. Uh, I mean, she's a, a liberal do-gooder, you know, Um And she's always been super, I mean, she was way on board before George Floyd. Um, And I was talking to her yesterday and she, we were trading texts and she said to me, uh, does good ever triumph over evil? And I wrote her back and I said, it does. It just doesn't look like what you think it's going to look like. I mean, it's not like it is in a movie or on TV. Uh, Most of the time it's very subtle subtle justice um you know and I do believe that it happens but I just think like I said it doesn't look the way you expect it to look I mean have you ever gone to like court and watched a a trial you know it's not like tv there's no music there's no dramatic pauses I uh remember the first trial I went to apparently it was a plea deal and that's really non-eventful you know, it's lots of back and forth. Do you understand with the defendant? Do you, do you do you get what you're saying? You did. Yes. The the only cue I knew that it was over is um, the family started crying and the person was about to get on a bus to prison. He left pretty unceremoniously. Um, and then the family's upset and crying because, you know, he was part of of a murder of their loved one and he didn't get a a ton of time in jail um and to a lot of people that's not justice but (sighs) it is what it is his testimony helped seal the deal for the person who actually committed the murder and um you know these crimes of passion and it's just a fascinating thing. So that's like literal justice. But I also think that there's a thing as, uh, as karma. And a lot of people deal with karmic justice all the time. Uh, and it's private and we don't get to see it, you know. Um, but I think a lot of times people want to... Uh, I don't know. It's hard to say. I don't know. I think people want to see justice served. I was also talking to one of my coworkers and we were talking about movies and she was like, well, I like movies where people get revenge. (laughs) I said, well, I don't know. I may destroy you might not be for you. You know, this generation isn't as revenge focused, but okay. Um, But yeah, it's just interesting. It's an interesting question. Do you see uh, good good triumphing over evil in your life? And what does that mean? Because good is subjective. You know, I think a lot of people who are awful think they're good. (laughs) One of my favorite lines from uh, the HBO show Insecure was, I think, uh, not this season, but the season before when Lawrence was cheating on, on Issa with a girl from the hood. And uh, she called him out. She was like, you think you're a good person, but you're not. And that line resonated with me because I think a lot of people think they're good. 
honest people, and they're not. Like that Falwell guy that just got busted having, you know, weird sex, and he's this religious person, and he, he, I'm pretty sure he thinks he's a good person, and the dude who just used the homophobic slur on the, on the broadcast, who, who got relieved of his duties, he, I consider myself a man of faith. Okay, but you still use those words when no one, is, when you think no one is listening. You know, that's that's the that's kind of like the the amazing thing about the N word. I hate the word. I don't think black people should use it against each other. It's never it's never been a term of endearment, no matter who uses it. And you never call somebody you love that for real. You know, um, in a moment of passion, you know, but hey, it's just not that word. It's not a term of endearment. And uh, I think that's what blows people's minds with that word and why it sticks around because there are a lot of people who are not black who use that word and more so now thanks hip-hop and um it, it they use it when they don't think anybody who would be offended is around and then of course it always slips out <laughs> because that's who you are so good is subjective and i think those people think they're good people too I don't hate black people. I love black people. I use the N-word all the time. Okay. That word is not for you. It's a word of hate. It's a word of hate when black people use it too. And I, I just, it it was never used in any way to connote love or support or, or you know, praise or anything positive. It's a bad word and people shouldn't use it because your heart shouldn't be in that place. I don't think of black people as that, you know, I just don't. And I think if we knew how beautiful we actually really were and it has nothing to do with anybody else, how we got here is how we got here. And it, but how we feel about each other now has nothing to do with anybody else but us. You know, I think some of our men think they love us or like to pretend they love us and they hate us. You know, there's a lot of, um, uh, black male versus female dynamic that feels hostile and not loving, not respectful. I think there are some people who low-key uh, would want the world to believe they are a champion of black women and they hate us. Um, and they not white. I'm talking about your brothers. <laughs> there are some black men who cannot stand black women. They're insecure and they... Um, for whatever reasons, I don't know if it goes back to childhood trauma. I don't know what it is. I don't know if they are frustrated that black women are outpacing them in a lot of areas. I have no idea. But I have been the recipient of that hate and I know what it feels like. Um, and yeah, I just think it's interesting. Does your love feel like hate? Yeah, some of y'all think you love women and you don't. And this isn't a question of sexuality. I'm talking about just dealing with each other. Um, it's something to think about. I think there are, and I think we could pull it probably further back and say there are men who think they love women and hate us. You know, they can't, can't never get along with no woman, not one. It's probably you. Which then leads me to the question, do people... Do people know how to do the right thing? Do they know how to be good people anymore? 
and, and good is subjective. So let's take good out of it and say healthy. Do people know how to have healthy relationships? You know, if you've never witnessed a healthy relationship and you grow up and you have a, a succession or a series of terrible relationships, you know, is, is that an area that needs examining in your life? Or are your another example, like, so if you grew up and, you know, didn't see a ton of happy marriages, how are then, how do you get the skills and the tools to go create a healthy, happy marriage for yourself? I mean, I look at a lot of these younger people and they're always quick to call somebody their wife. That's my wifey for lifey, that kind of thing, but they're not married. And, you know, you scroll back and look at a couple posts later. Uh, I'm single. I'm out here looking for somebody who always got my back. You know, it's like, well, wait, what happened to your wifey for lifey? You got two kids with you broke up already, huh? So I don't know. I think our value system is is very, very different than it used to be. And I'm not a, mad at that. Maybe the, our value system needs to be improved. But you know, values are values. Some things don't ever change. And healthy versus unhealthy, it, it's pretty, that's something that is like the truth. You know it when you see it because of how it feels. You can tell the truth because you can feel the truth. And that's the same thing with uh, something that's healthy versus something that's unhealthy. You know, it's the same with food. You can tell how you feel after you eat something healthy. If you have a good day of healthy eating versus a day of like, you know, trash, because you feel trash. It's the same thing as how you feel. And most people don't trust their guts enough. You know, you know when you should have turned another way, but you went down that way anyway. You know, everybody's got a story about that. Like, I, w- I should have just, I should have followed my first mind and just went home. Like, people in college used to f- think it was incredible. We'd go out, I'd have a good time, and, you know, D.C. was small, so I'd be like, somebody can drive me by my dorm, I'm good. But we're going to the after-after party. Well, I'm not. If you could drive me by my dorm, that'd be good. And it would never fail. They always like, how did you know? Because that extra, that last party was really not, it was lame. Like, we didn't even have any fun when we went there. It wasn't like I was psychic. I just know when I have a good time. Like, I know when to be like, okay, that was fun. I've had enough. <laughs> I'm I'm not that person. I would have made the worst drug addict. Okay, I had enough of these drugs, and I'm good. No, no, you got to take more. No, nah, I'm good. <laughs> but it's just, you know, you can go too far. And it, there, there comes a point when you... you when your cup is running over, you got to recognize it, you know, like you're good. And, uh, I've always been pretty sensitive to that. Anyway, I am fascinated by the human mind and what people do. And, and listen, if you're a person that can't do the right thing when no one else is looking, then you should start there because, you know, when you're, I guess the question is, do people know how to do the right thing? Then my next question after that is, do people know what the right thing is? And can you do the right thing if you're not a good person? And then we get back to Lawrence. You think you're a good person, but you're not. Sometimes that's the case. You're not a good person. If you're constantly doing things in the dark and hoping they never come to the light, you're not a great person. You need to start there. You need to do your work right there. Because... um, 
I think healthy people make healthy decisions. Responsible people do responsible things. Loving people do loving things. And you got to stop paying attention to what people say. It's what they do that tells you everything you need to know about them. Because people will tell you anything. They'll say anything. But it's what you do and how you do and how you treat folks. And if you're only apologizing because somebody else found out and you're afraid to look bad, you yeah, you need to start your work right there. And you need to uh, really focus on how to be a good human being. A lot of people don't know how. I get it. Because you got to gotta undo years of really horrible habits, you know, because you don't just wake up mistreating people, you know. And you don't just wake up being a healthy, well-adjusted person. And it's hard because there's a lot of maladjusted people around here. And they do what? Make a lot of babies. They have all these kids and they're super maladjusted as well. We are living in a sea of dysfunction, but that doesn't mean we can't fix it. We just all need to get on the same vibrational point. And I think it starts with being a good person. And while I know good is subjective, you know, then switch the word to healthy. Be a mentally healthy person. When you're that, when you're loving, kind, uh, patient, open-minded, thoughtful, some of those things are, are natural to the human uh, the human existence. It, it's, it's been years of something that's, that's cut those things off from your uh, emotional repertoire. If, if something's happened, if there's trauma that's happened that makes you unkind or insecure or highly super guarded or whatever, um, yeah, you just need to do your work. You need to do your work. And uh, I just think, you know, good does triumph over evil. And if you're waiting for it to look like it looks at the end of a Tom Cruise movie, uh, you might be waiting a while. But you got to have faith. You just got to have faith. Right? All right. It's gonna be different, but it never is.